0: All right, y'all, welcome back to the Get Fit podcast. So, I am once again bringing us a new guest that I learned via a clubhouse connection. We did a clubhouse challenge together. I'm just super excited. Y'all are probably going to get sick of me talking about Clubhouse at some point in the next couple of weeks because everyone is coming from Clubhouse and I'm just obsessed. So if you have not listened to the episode that I did about how to get on the Clubhouse, scroll back. It's with Nicole. She's going to change your life. I was not excited about Clubhouse. I don't even know if my guest was super excited about Clubhouse before this, but y'all get on it. So today I am bringing a new kind of coach. I have never had someone in this space on here. So I'm just so excited because I know most of y'all, minus my husband, are lady entrepreneurs. You're doing your thing. And this might be affecting you. It might affect somebody that you know. It might have been a situation that even like your mom had to go through in order to even have you. So I have Miss Michelle on. She is an IVF coach. She's a support coach to help bring some positivity to what is a very hard time. It is not something that I have been through in any way. I do not want kids. So this is like a whole new thing for me, but as I'm like 30 and like still a lot of my friends right now are in this space and my best friend, in fact, literally starts IVF treatments in like a week, like so that they can have uh, their second child. They had one through it, so they're ready for that. So she is the only way I even knew this was a thing. As far as I was concerned, this is like Latin living in another space, but it's something that so many women are struggling with and that might happen to you. So just know that there's support and Michelle, if you just want to give us your story, how you got here, tell me fun things, exciting things. Oh
1: my gosh. Hello. Hi, Cassie. Hi, friends, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Um, I'm so excited to be here and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And also quick shameless plug, Nicole is awesome. I listened to that episode. It's good. And Columbus is amazing. <laughs> <The end. laughs> That had something to do with my story, but it is an important plug that I must put in. Um, okay, so my story. Oh, gosh. Um, so this has really been like a four-year process for us at this point. So it's like infertility is one of those things that like even when you have success, like it's it sort of is something that you like get into for a long-haul chapter of your life, if you will. Um, so we started trying to conceive in 2016. Um, and... Fortunately, my husband is a saint and he suspected that something was going to be wrong. And so even though I was in like straight denial and I was like, no, like, it's fine. Like, we can just keep trying. We're probably doing this wrong. He like basically secretly went behind my back and he got an over-the-counter test at the drugstore. And then he scheduled a urology appointment (laughs) and we ultimately got diagnosed with male factor and fertility. And he literally like showed up to our house one day and he was like carrying this card with him. And it was the number for a reproductive endocrinologist, which is the like specialist that you typically go see beyond your OB. Um, And he was like, you should make an appointment with this doctor. Just give him a call. And I was like, "Um, what? (laughs) So that was like both terrifying and also I was like okay so like it's not us like there is something wrong but like I don't know you go into the spiral of like what am I even supposed to say when I call these people like um hi we're trying to make a baby and it's not working and my husband might be a little broken and maybe I'm broken too can you help us um so I called the clinic right like called the clinic um and ultimately we started our treatments um, because we had male factor, we sort of got fast track to IVF, even though it still took, uh, like six to nine months from the time, like I called the clinic to, when we actually started the IVF process. Um, we ended up going through an IUI the, in the spring. Um, and then we started IVF that summer. And I think something that's like actually super pivotal about my journey is that about a month into our fertility treatments, my sister called, um, to tell me she was pregnant, which was like one of the hardest calls of like both of our lives because she had like come off her birth control thinking it would take like, you know, six months. Like she would have time to like do what she was doing with her life and then like process it. And then it happened so quickly for her and she also felt terrible because she knew that we were struggling um and it was like after that phone call that I found myself basically on the floor of my room just like bawling my eyes out and saying all of these like seemingly crazy things that if someone else told you you'd be like girl are you okay and it was the first time I'd ever said them out loud and it was literally things like you know this is all my fault like is it because I didn't go to church enough like what did I do to deserve this and I was like dude like we can't keep living like this, like this is not okay. Like, you know, I'm, nor- I'm normally like a really happy, positive person, even in the face of adversity. And that was not me. Like I was keeping my story close to my chest. I don't even know why. Like I just felt like I couldn't share it because I wanted to like feel able like to surprise people. And also I felt like ashamed that like we couldn't just like get pregnant because maybe we were doing it wrong. And so I decided like there, like then and there that I wanted to start sharing my story. Um, and I just wanted to put it out there. Um, and that that felt like more true and authentic to myself, basically. Um, and so there's a there's a National Infertility Awareness Week um, in April. And so I wrote a blog post and during that week, I published it on the Internet. And I said, hey, social media, look at this thing. It was literally like one of the most terrifying moments of my life. And I was like at my sister's house at the time. And I just remember being so sweaty. I'm wanting this row. It was also one of the best things I ever did because folks started reaching out and saying like, Hey, me too. And like people who, you know, I remember seeing their pregnancy announcements and like having zero clue that they had also struggled with infertility or that they had been through IVF. Um, people shared their stories of loss, like all of it. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, there's all these people struggling in silence. So if I can just help one person by sharing my story, like this, suddenly adds like a whole new layer of meaning to my journey that just previously didn't exist and so I continued to share my story even before I knew like how it was going to end so we ultimately ended up going through IVF we got one normal embryo which Cassie, this <laughs> may not make any sense to you but I'm happy to give me give me have. the
0: details for it because I don't really look li- so there's like a girl that I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. who like started IVF and all that she's really posted, she posted a story. She's like, recovering from egg explant, it was the worst thing ever. And I was like, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? How does it, what even do you do? How does it mm-hmm. work per se? Are there different ways? Are there different methods of IVF? Or is it all more or less the same? Practic-
1: yeah, so that's the really just part, that fancy part It's that it's all a little different. But the, the, like, short version of the story that I think is, like, Less important in this context, but also important is that we did have success with our first cycle of IVF, which I think is important for folks to hear because there's no guarantees with IVF. But it can also work. And I think it's really important for folks to believe in the possibility that it could work for them because otherwise, like, why are you going through all these appointments? Why are you going through all these shots? And I promise we'll like break down a little bit of what it looks like, even though it's kind of tricky and I'll explain why in a second. And the other thing too, that I think is like important to share is like the reason that we're still very much in the messy middle of our journey is we ended up going through a second IVF cycle this past summer and we got two embryos from it and we transferred one last August and then it took, which was really exciting. But unfortunately we lost the embryo at eight weeks last October. So that was really, really hard for us. And also just like a very interesting lesson in like all the things that I teach my clients, I now had to make sure that like, was I really putting this into practice? Was I really doing this? Um, and so while it was really hard, I realized like there was so much value in what I was doing with my clients. And it was like a, a weird gift that came out of a really terrible moment in our lives and so we have one embryo left at this point and that's kind of where we're at with our journey and we're waiting to see what happens with that and all right let's so let's dive in so that's my story
0: very much still in the messy middle it's it's so important to hear this uh I talk to dozens and dozens of women on this podcast and just in like day-to-day social media and whatnot and something that always comes up is they're struggling in silence and I'm always just, why? Why are you doing that? Like somebody else, like not to say that not everyone is individual and like we all have our experiences, but there are so many other people that are experiencing things that's not happening in a bubble. You don't have to be scared of it. I had never ever I didn't know anything of it until I made my friend two years ago and she was like yeah no we did IVF to have our daughter and I was like what do you what does that even mean and she was like yeah no we struggled and this and that and I'm just like that's a thing I it it did not occur to me and it makes me feel incredibly bad that like there are so many people that were trying I was just like whatever what are you gonna have kids like not knowing because, like, some of my friends want kids, and I'd always be that person. I was like, When are you gonna have kids? I want to knit baby blankets, and that. And then when she was like, Well, we tried for so long, and I'm like, Oh shit, my foot has been in my mouth, and they've just been like, Not now, not knowing. What if they've been trying this whole time and they didn't want to talk about it? Because exactly what you said, they were ashamed of it, they thought they were doing something wrong, and I'm like, Having a baby sounds Exhausting and so much work and so hard and so all of that. I'm like, and if you're struggling with that, I'm like, you should be able to talk about that part of it too. You shouldn't be just like deep in your shame and your guilt about it. I think that's horrible, which is why I was so excited to have you on here. If even like one person listening to this is struggling with either a loss or treatments that aren't taking, you're not alone we got this. So I'm like super thrilled to have you on here. Cause I don't really know a whole lot of any of this. So background causes that cause infertility. Like, is it just, I don't, I would just finished watching Bridgerton and literally <laughs> they were so, there were so many moments where I was like, wow, they're really convinced that this pregnancy thing is going to happen like the first time. And like reading stats about it, it's like, it totally did. I'm like, they just got pregnant all the time. And I was like, how were they tracking their signs? What? How are you doing that? Because honestly, up until last year, like, this is how poor my female uh, sex education was. I thought you could get pregnant all the time, all of the time, at any point in the month. Uh-huh. So, so learning that you can only get pregnant during X amount of time—it's like, like a tiny window—completely <laughs> changed how I had been viewing the 10 years of my life that I had been on birth control prior to that. And I'm like, I don't want to get pregnant at any point. And then someone was like, oh, we're, we can only like, we plan our ovulation window because we're getting pregnant. And I'm like, why don't you just why don't you bang all month? It was mind blowing to me. And I was yeah, like, nobody told kind of me crazy this. like
1: how much information is like left out of like sex education courses. Like I have never yeah. known more about my own body than going through infertility treatments. And I'm like
0: this goes wrong. Like, it shouldn't, It shouldn't yeah, be this like, At no point in my high school or my middle school education where they were like, you can really, because probably just that fear, just like, don't have sex, you're going to get pregnant. No, right. you're probably right. not. Like, th- you have four, maybe five days, like one peak mm-hmm. day and then like maybe.
1: The- and the stars all need to align. Like it needs, everything needs to kind of like come together. Although like, if you tell teens like, yo, just like go have as much sex as you want, you probably won't get pregnant. You Don't do that. More, more pregnant accidentally and you're like, oops, sorry. Uh, but there's also like a middle ground. And I think, I think people should be like empowered to like understand how their bodies work. Right. So that they can make choices for themselves.
0: Um, yeah. see, That's like, there's just so many things that I've learned. As a 30 year old woman, that I'm like, hmm, how did nobody educate? How is this the part that's lacking? Tracking your cycles, knowing all of that. Cause like that all just seemed like, whatever, I'm on birth control. I don't really care. I'm not going to get pregnant, blah, 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 blah. And now people are like, oh no, it takes so long and you have to do this. And so there's just so many things that go into it that I did not know. And so yeah. what happens? So do you want with... to talk about
1: some of those like factors of
0: what goes yeah. into it? yeah like how do you how do you know what's the right treatment like are there specific tests that sure. they do and things like that Is there like a should your body be like at a certain hormone level for like the best? give me some sciencey I can add Google notes to the show yeah. notes so.
1: I let me preface with saying I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who's been through this, and this is my knowledge from what I've learned. So don't totally quote me on everything that I say as like she's sharing but, her
0: experience. See your medical professional.
1: See your medical professional in the event of a medical question or concern. Um, but so, one of my like favorite kind of like factors to like keep in mind is that like. There's like a pretty small window of getting pregnant. I I think the most recent stat I heard was like 15%. Don't totally quote me on this. Um, So it's not like, it's funny because the only stories you hear are the ones of like, this person like wasn't trying and they got pregnant. This person got pregnant. It was the first time they came off birth control. But it's like nobody posts on the internet. Like we were trying for six months and we got pregnant. They just post, we got pregnant, right? So it's like the, the versions of it are very skewed. But it's really normal for it to take up to a year. And that doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong now there's like an age factor so if you're over 35 they typically say if you've been trying for six months with no luck go see your doctor sooner rather than later if you're under 35 typically you can try for up to a year before you go see your doctor now i'm a big believer that our gut and our intuition will like pull us in the right direction always so if your gut is telling you like hey you should go get checked out or if you like don't have regular cycles that's a sign of like just go get initial testing done and like see what's going on there because if you're not ovulating you can't get pregnant <laughs> like <laughs> there needs to be an egg and a sperm that somehow meet together like that's that's how it works no matter what the couple is like what your makeup is like that you got to have an egg and a sperm at some point that meet and then end up in a woman's body um and so that's like probably like my favorite kind of determiner of like when it's time to go to a clinic because a lot of folks don't know that like you know folks will try and here's the thing like if it doesn't feel good to go to a clinic like don't go but if like fear is the thing that's like keeping you from doing it like if you don't have to do any of the treatments you can just get more information and then decide what you want to do with more information because I know it can be really scary to call the clinic for the first time um, and it can be really scary to get a diagnosis because it makes you question, like, will this ever happen for you? And the other thing I think is really important to share, too, is, like, almost half of infertility is caused by male factor infertility. Which I think a lot of times, like, if you were to go to your OB and say, like, hey, like, we've been trying to get pregnant. Like, a lot of times, doctors are really quick to, like, run the test on the women. But a good doctor will run a test on both. People, especially if it's a, a male female partnership and so making sure that both of you are getting tested so that you have all the information up front um the Mayo Clinic website told me that about a third of the cases are male factor only a third of them are women and a third of them are both so you can also have like compounding things too um, and then depending on like what your diagnosis is and the, the most frustrating diagnosis is probably when you go in and get told like hey nothing's wrong with either of you but cool you can't get pregnant which is called unexplained infertility it is Frustrating as all get out, especially if you like answers. And I don't know what percent of diagnoses come back that way, but there's a lot of folks that that happens for, and it sucks. Um, It all sucks, like, right? And I think the hardest part about infertility that like I didn't realize is that at the end of the day, like, it's grief. Like, it's loss. It's loss of this idea of like this is how I was going to grow my family. This is how I was going to get pregnant. This is how this is supposed to be for people. Um, And it doesn't even matter. I feel like if you're a straight couple or like LGBTQ couple, like, at the end of the day, Sunny tells you this is how you make a family, and now you're, you're doing that outside of the, like, quote-unquote norm, and so I think it's, it's really important to mention that, because I think a lot of times, like, the roller coaster of emotions is what really, like, hits people the hardest, and it's just, it's just important to know, that, like, those feelings are all normal, and it sucks, like, it's hard, Um, but if you're feeling that, like, there's nothing wrong with you, like, you're not alone, like, we've all been there, and it, it's terrible and it sucks. And even when you do have answers in the process, I think what makes it hard is like, there's no magic pill. Like there, it's still like a little bit of science and like a lot of magic in the same way that like having sex to get pregnant also takes a little bit of science and like a heaping dose of magic, I think. Um,
0: A lot of magic.
1: (laughs) So yeah, a lot of, a lot of magic. And so, yeah, there's just so many different factors that can go into it. And there's just things that like, you might never know, like, And I think too, like one of the most common kind of like diagnoses you hear for women is like PCOS, um, polycystic polycystic ovarian syndrome. Syndrome. But, But even like that doesn't necessarily, like you can have PCOS and still have kids, no problem. Like you can have PCOS and need to go through fertility treatments. Like you literally just never know. Um, and so I really wish that we did a better job like educating folks about this, especially as they start thinking about like family building options too.
0: Yeah, as a like just growing up at all, like hearing about different like different ways. Cause as far as I am concerned and what I remember, it's guy, girl, boom, baby. You're just, you're gonna. You're going to get pregnant, whether you like it or not. And that was really like the big push for me to get on birth control because I like made that decision like forever ago that I don't want it. If I can, I live in Tennessee. So my ability to just walk in and be like, I would like a full hysterectomy. No, I don't have kids. No, I don't. I want, I know what I want. I've wanted this for a long time. It's super, super frustrating to me like as control over my body where I'm like, But I already know, and like in Texas where I live, they were like, "Well, you need to be married for three years, and you need to have had a child before we will do this as an elective procedure." No, no, I'm like, I am a, I am, I am a grown up, and I can literally have a baby. I think I can make a decision that I don't want to have one, Um, and I feel like in like the medical community just there's so much that we don't know about women like medically like we just don't have so many answers and just it's so frustrating like whether we want to or whether we don't and then just like how any of it happens like the whole middle like it all just seems like magic as far as i'm concerned growing a small child is magic like i just it blows it blows my mind that it's something that we can do and there's just so many and it seems so frustrating even just me like knowing people and like how is this such a hard process if I let my cats bang well if my male cats weren't fixed and they made and they banged any of my girl cats we would have kittens I'm like how is why are people so hard people really want to have kids my Mm. cats should not be able to have kids more like we should be able to just be like i would like to have a baby and i would like to do it today this is excellent and like i feel yeah. like that's just so frustrating and i get super frustrated for my friend i'm like i just want you to have a baby because you want it and it's just let me hand it to do you so what uh, are we- i think that's what i the? Would- oh go ahead you're probably gonna ask what i was about to say How do you, I've like asked my friend, I'm like, how do I even support you in this? Because she kind of had the same thing where her sister-in-law has gotten pregnant twice, no problems. And that's been super, super hard for them to- be really really happy but also really really sad and I'm like I don't know how to support you what am I supposed to do because there's literally nothing that I can do and that's really like this is a situation that like is literally between like God and science to happen how do I just like as a friend support people how do I help raise awareness that this is even a thing how do I be a better friend <laughs>
1: yeah i think a lot of times like when our friends have a problem and this is true for infertility this is true for literally anything like we're so quick to want to fix the problem and in doing so it's almost like we're trying to fix our own discomfort with there being a problem but unless like. One, you have the tools to be able to actually fix this person's problem. Like, for example, you're a reproductive endocrinologist. Like, you know, at that point, maybe your friend wants you to, to meddle. But otherwise, like, just being there for people is so powerful. And I think the thing with, like, so many people, I, like, women, men in the infertility community, just, like, don't feel seen. Like, folks are so quick to be like, well, just relax. Or, like, I'm sure it'll happen. Don't worry about it. Like, anything that starts with, like, just or at least. Like, at least you already have a kid, you know, like, none of those things even though they're said like usually from a good place like that doesn't make a person feel seen what does is just being able to say like hey cassie i've been thinking about you how's your heart doing today like how can i even just asking like how can i support you like in just like checking in and like letting your friend know like you're there for them and that like their discomfort doesn't make you uncomfortable because i talked to so many clients who are like well i don't want to reach out and ask my friends for support because I don't want to be a burden to them. Like, I don't want to be like the Debbie Downer that's like, oh, like this, you know, we didn't get the news we wanted from our retrieval, like, sorry, you know, like, I just want to tell people good news. And, and it's like, no, like your close friends and family, like want to be there for you through all of it. And there's also some guilt too, of like, especially with like family members or like parents of like, I'm supposed to be able to give you a grandchild. And so this like guilt of like, I'm not giving you the result that you want um, is really hard. And Sometimes, you know, that's like from the family member. Sometimes it's like something that's a story they're telling themselves and they just always imagine, like, I will give, you know, I remember thinking this, like, oh, I'll give my parents their first grandchild. I didn't. And guess what? They still love my child too. <laughs> like, you know, but like in my head, I was like, Well, I'm the oldest. That's what I'm supposed to do. Like that's that's my calling. Um, so honestly, like I really do think the best thing you can do is just like be there for your friend and like truly listen and give empower them in the same way that you're like hey like I just want my hysterectomy like just do the thing like let them choose like what they share what they don't share but like don't stop checking in um if that I just
0: sense. want to give her my ut- I'm like here I ovulate you can have it I don't want it you can have it like if we could just yeah. swap these so that I totally couldn't but she could I mean I guess we don't know if I can but like yeah, you know, we could try but like if for sure I could just not um, I yeah, think, that's, really I think that's hard
1: too, because there's a lot of guilt associated with like, my body's not doing what it's supposed to So like when we like offer our like uteruses or when we offer our children to people, like it doesn't fix the problem. So then the person's like, yeah, you're just reminding me that I'm broken. Cause that's the story. Like I'm broken. I'm broken. My body doesn't work. Like I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Like I always thought I was meant to be a mother and yet you're right. I
0: don't feel like we have this about really like anything else. I don't really know anything else where we're like, my body can't do this, therefore I'm not this. And I'm like, that is such a thing that's just like put on us. by like this ideal that's not really true. Like there's no, I think mean, for me, I don't think there's like a right way or a perfect timeline to have it, I think if you want to have kids and you're struggling and like this is a good option for you, there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that it is an option is, is literally a miracle. Like it might not work, but it also could. And medical advancements have come so far that it's, there's just so many more avenues that we can go through and so much more research that I think that alone should give so much hope To women, there is, there is this, there are, and you know, once you've exhausted all the options, then you can go from there. But there's so many options and there's so much information. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, it is super, super scary to make that appointment. But It's just a phone call. Like, if you don't want to go in, it's just a phone call. And I have never in my life called a, like, my OGYN or, like, Planned Parenthood or a clinic and had that person not be so compassionate, so caring. Those, I don't think that there are people who get into, like, the female medical field particularly that's not just, like, full of compassion and just so excited to help you get where you're going. And I think that's super... I think that's super important that it's not scary and it's all going to be a safe space. It's going to be a safe space. And no one, no one is judging you the way that you're judging yourself. And you can give yourself grace for that because you're still amazing. You're still a wonderful person. No matter what happens, you are amazing. And everything is going to happen as it's going to happen. And you're just, you're not alone. Like you're just not alone. And I hate to think that there are people who, Feel like they're alone going through this and hiding, like in shame, of just like, because I didn't know so many people had miscarriages and that was even a thing. And just, I've learned so much in the last year that it's that there's so many people who have miscarriages and they hide that. And I'm like, no. Don't hide that. You don't have to do that alone. Like, don't know. Like, even yeah. Well, I think social a social huge part of it too is like society's
1: messaging is like your value as a woman is in your ability to have kids, and also like you know your it's it's funny. There's this like messaging of like oh your loss doesn't count if it was in the first trimester because like whatever, and so people feel it's like. People just like feel ashamed, like, you know, and also they blame themselves, right? Like there's a lot of blame. And so I think that's the, like the rub is that it's really hard because it's like easy to tell someone you're going to be okay. But like when you don't forgive yourself or when you don't like let it go, like you're going to carry that. And it sucks because like, that's when I want to like hold people hardest because I'm like, like, I just want to like love you so hard and I want you to be free of this so that this thing doesn't have to control your life anymore because I know what that feels like and it feels shitty and terrible and awful. And I also want to say too like if anyone's listening to this and they are going to a clinic and they like there are a bunch of wonderful, amazing professionals both in like the like women's healthcare and also in like the reproductive endocrinology space, but like not all doctors are created equal, they're human. Like, it is unfortunately also a very lucrative space, even though they work crazy hours. Like, I feel like my REA is at the clinic all the time. Um, and so, there are some clinics where it feels very much like one in, one out, one in, one out. And like, don't ever feel like you have to stick with a doctor if it feels that way. I think it's so important that you feel empowered in this journey and in your space. Um, and so, if you like talk to a doctor and you just don't click with them or you don't trust that they can get it done, like, go get a second opinion. Like, you don't yes. owe them anything. There's like, nothing wrong with that. And I think that is so, so important to do. Um, Because it's like your body, it's like all things you were saying, Cassie. like it's your body, it's your life. And I think one of the biggest like barriers to going to the clinic is like, it's like having to face what's actually happening. And if you've ever had any challenge in your life where you like didn't want to take action, you found yourself procrastinating because you didn't want to deal with whatever fear was on the other side, like, This is the same thing. Like this is how people end up going for years before they call a clinic and being terrified of like knowing the answers because they're scared. The answer is going to be, no, you can't have a baby. And it's easier to like, hold on to hope than believe it's gone. But I will say too, a lot of times that's fear. And so unless your intuition or your gut is like saying, no, we don't like, this isn't the right next step for us. It does not hurt to go to the clinic and just get the initial testing done. And like I said, don't ever do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing like if, if your doctor recommends IUI and you don't feel comfortable don't do it if your doctor recommends IVF like I'm an IVF support coach but I will never tell you to do IVF if it doesn't feel good for you because all I want for my clients is for them to feel good and to get their lives back and to be able to find joy in this journey in whatever season they're in and so literally my like biggest lesson is like listen to your heart listen to your gut and trust that intuition like it's safe to trust yourself
0: and I think that's so important about honestly any medical professional like if Mm -hmm. you go to a doctor of any kind i've changed my dentist for pete's sake because i did not like how they treated me i did not like how i felt you Mm -hmm. don't owe them anything they are your doctor that you are choosing very rarely can you not request another doctor like you can get a second opinion you can go in they can tell you something definitely get a second opinion unless even if they come highly recommended, like if you don't feel safe and comfortable, I think sometimes we just see like, oh, they're a doctor. They must have all the answers. No, they don't always have all the answers. They might not have whatever knowledge that you need. And if they cannot answer all of your questions, or at least be like, oh, I, I will find out if they're not willing to make an effort to make sure that you are comfortable with the process, that you know, every step of the process. And if they're ever in anything, in any doctor, if they are literally trying to force something on you that you don't feel comfortable with, leave, get, get out, leave, find someone else. There are enough doctors In the world at this point that you can find someone that feels better so i think i think that's so important like maybe you live in a space where there aren't that many go to all of them go see all of them scout them because definitely with something like this you want to trust that person this is so and like really anything about your health like you want to trust that person so i think that's so important to highlight that you don't have to just do one and done. First thing, perfect, open that phone book, be like that's a doctor. You don't have to do that. If that works, fabulous. But if it doesn't, please do not put your body, your health, any any of your situation somewhere that you don't feel safe and there's so there's so many different things that happen in the medical field that we are our own best advocates. We really, we really are. Like if we don't want to take drugs, we don't want to take medication. If something, if they're prescribing you to do something that doesn't feel, that just feels wrong. And you'll know, like you'll know in that sense be like, oh, I don't like what's happening. They're not explaining it. Just peace out. No doctor's going to try to keep you in an office. Like you would just leave. Like I've just left the dentist. Like they numbed my mouth. He was jerked to me. I was like, you were not taking out my tooth. And I left. Like I just got out of the chair and I was like, bye. Mm-hmm. So you, you are still in full control of that aspect. It is, again, it is your body, your choices. You feel safe. You get to do what's right for you here. When was the last time you felt like you were having an amazing time creating a budget? When was the last time you felt empowered by your money? When was the last time you even looked at how much debt you currently have? For most of us, we try not to think about the debts that we owe and the number in our bank account if it's not something that we're proud of. Having lived this really terrible money story life from overdrafted accounts tens of thousands of dollars in debt and struggling to make ends meet. I get it and that's why I have created my high-touch 12-week group coaching program. This is going to go over my budget blueprint that allowed me to pay off $48,000 in debt in 19 months. And I'm also going to teach you how to do multiple other types of budget. I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all attitude towards money. You're going to learn a variety of budgeting techniques. We're going to make you some fun savings plans. We're gonna take back your power over money with 12 weeks and eight Zoom calls, a private Facebook community, so that you can see that others are just doing the same dang thing you are. Also included in this is gonna be a week-long manifestation practice so we can really call in all of the money that we are deserving. Doors are open right now and they will be closing on February 11th, so make sure that you check out the link in the bio here And I can't wait to see you in your money, your rules.
1: I think that that's why it's like so helpful to like have support through this process. Like whether it's a friend, a coach like myself, or just like, you know, someone who has been through it, like, because in those moments where you're like, Cassie, is it okay for me? Like, just get up from the dentist and leave. Like, that's the person that you could text and be like, uh, I'm thinking about doing this crazy thing. Like, yes cool. Like, and that's the person that can be like, yeah, girl, like trust your gut, like do your thing. Um, and that's the beauty of not doing this journey alone. And it's not like, you don't have to do what I did in like, you know, publish a public blog post and just like blast your story out on the internet. Right. But like, just getting like that one person who's in your corner, who you can reach out to and say, is this normal? Like, I'm feeling funky about this, that can like help bounce ideas back and forth can be so, so valuable. And also just help you feel like less alone, a little less crazy sometimes
0: too. And to know how to ask the right questions. You wanna get with someone who has gone through this, like even if it's just following someone on social media, getting a coach, just something so that when you go in, you know what questions to ask. Cause you, if you're like, I don't know why I can't get pregnant and you just like go in and you just assume that they're gonna do everything in their power to figure it out and you have no idea because like maybe it both of partners should be tested that is not something that I would have thought at all that wouldn't have even occurred to me so having someone who has just like a little bit more knowledge or who's going through it is so important so that you can ask better questions because more questions that you ask the better care you can get so I think that That's why this is so important to talk about because if you don't know what to ask, there could be one thing that's like if you ask your doctor this one thing, that test could help you. That test could be like, oh, this makes you a better fit for this or this or just like what your moving forward steps are. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just you're not alone And you can ask questions because I doubt if somebody slid into your DMs and asked you a question, you would be like, Oh, no, no, I'm not going to answer that, (laughs) Mo. Like, that's not very rarely will someone ever be like, I'm not going to answer that. No, no, no. Like, there's so much information out there and there's so much community and there's so many people who, there's so many women suffering in silence that deserve a voice, who deserve this community. So I'm just so, I'm just so excited for anyone listening to know that you're not alone and that there is a community option for you. Um, there is,
1: there is, there are people waiting to just like give you a big virtual hug and embrace you.
0: So many hugs. I just want to give so many <laughs> hugs. All the hugs. All the hugs. So this actually wasn't one of the questions, but I was just thinking about it. Cause there's like a girl that I follow on Instagram and they were struggling and they so they were like posting like what their IVF journey was and then they announced kind of out of the blue that they got pregnant and there were so many negative comments <laughs> from people being like who were upset that they were like just talking about the struggle and then like oh boom you're pregnant how do you deal with that like kind of like guilt like is there guilt like when you've been struggling sharing your story and you have it like how do you dealing with that like just on an emotional level like do you have guilt because all of a sudden like this thing that you've been working for you're like so happy but you're like I know that other people are struggling things like that is that it it all just seems like a mental mind fuck for y'all and I just hate it
1: yeah I just hate it I think it's I think it's one of those things that it's like permission to feel all of it and I think so often we're like oh like you know, I can only feel happy for me, or I can only feel sad for her. And it's like, no, like you can be happy for yourself, sad for someone else, happy for someone else's pregnancy announcement, sad for yourself, literally all at the same time. And it's all okay. And it's all valid. Um, and I think one of the hard parts of like putting your story out there is there's always going to be folks that, that don't agree. And also like, it's okay for them to not agree. It's okay for them to be in a different place. Now it doesn't need, to, I don't think you need to get like hateful, but, um, like, I, I think like, you know, we're all going to have our different journeys. We're all going to have different experiences and we're all going to be in different places at different times. Like I was talking to a client, um, a couple months ago and, you know, like, it's funny because, you know, we were talking about how, like, she can look back on her journey and she's like, okay, like, you know, I can see the ways in which this unfolded and like, it it was hard and it sucked, but I can see like good things that have come out of it. And it doesn't necessarily make the journey and the experience good, but like, I can see it. Like, you know I can understand why someone would say like things happen for a reason, even though we were joking about the fact that I was like, You know that if someone had come up to you in the middle of this and said everything happens for a reason, you would have lost your shit
0: up. <laughs> you would have punched them in the face. And,
1: and it and it's like, yes, because that's the like unsolicited advice of like you're not validating me. I don't feel seen right now. Um, but like if we went around our whole world and and like we're perfect humans, which we're not, like we're all people, we all make mistakes, we all mess up like we all can't be responsible for everyone's feelings 24 seven, right? Like sometimes you just have to put your story and your truth out there and it might not be the story that resonates and that's also okay. Um, but I think you just have to like learn to come to terms with it because like, if I didn't let myself have the full joy of like having my daughter when I did, like, because I was worried about, well, I had success on my first time and some people don't. And it's like, I can feel like my heart can hurt for the people who don't get to have that experience. And also I can still enjoy this opportunity. Like it just, it, it's, it's messy. Like it's, there's no like right or perfect way.
0: I feel like a lot of it is really that early on education that it's not necessarily gonna be a linear process because I, I look back on like my friends who have gotten pregnant and who like tried or like struggled and like got it that I didn't even know about. I was just that person that was like, woo, have babies when you're gonna have babies. Just like thinking that they were like waiting with school or job or different things that like, I just figured that was why they were waiting. And now I'm like, it's because I had no idea because it was never like talked about. So I think it's important. It's so important for people to be as brave as they're willing to be and to normalize that conversation, to normalize that it is not always boom one and done all the babies it could be like a time process that it's not as cut and dry as a lot of people were led to believe there's there's so much in between deciding to have kids and actually having kids there's so much that goes on that no one sees and no one talks about so i think just Mm -hmm. having those conversations learning to navigate those waters not putting your foot in your mouth and if you do knowing how to, I didn't know learning growing and approaching those situations uh-huh. differently because now it's like a I see it on Instagram all the time it's like don't ask people when they're gonna have kids it's none of your damn business and I'm like I used to ask that and now I'm like nope you don't know what they're going through like unless they are approaching unless they bring up the conversation or they're you know, like talking about it, it's like an open dialogue. It don't matter. Cause you know what? It's their body. The same way when anyone asked me when I have kids, I'm like, I'm not easy as that. But for other people, it's not, I'm like, but it's actually none of your business. Cause you know what you're not doing, raising the small human. So I think like normalizing those conversations that it's actually none of your business, unless somebody brings it up. If somebody's struggling, support them how you can just don't ask because it's your body Like, I, you don't you don't ask anyone else questions like that and i had never thought about that i'm like oh i don't ask anybody else anyway, like like what are you gonna do with like 18 years of your life what's your plan that's so why i just think that like having those conversations as gently and carefully and knowing that you probably will say the wrong thing at some point you will probably mm-hmm. like put your foot in your mouth. And I am so thankful that my friend this is giving me so much grace as she and I have navigated. I don't know how to support you. What do you need? Let me just send you chocolate and things <laughs> like that. Um, just like learning to have those conversations the way you would about really anything else. Cause it is grief and it's heartbreak and it's hard. And like, it's hard to watch the people in our lives, go through that. And like you said, not want to fix it. Like, cause you really literally can't. I can't, Mm -hmm. I cannot, I cannot hand her a baby that is literally her baby. It won't work. So I think just normalizing those conversations, making space, being as supportive as you can and loving just, it's just all in love. Like they know that you're there. And if you are struggling again, we love you. We support you. Our DMs are always open. You'll be able to find Michelle. Mm-hmm. She will be in the show note. And just you know, for the rest of 2021, what are you probably like most looking forward to? Either just like in life, in business. I know COVID's been crazy. The world is just a little, just like fancy roller coaster. Every time, every week, I'm like, yeah, it's it's. We're still on this roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. well, what are you really looking forward to for the rest of this year? Um, honestly,
1: like this business has just been giving me life through COVID. Like I literally started it last March, like three weeks before everything shut down and like all the clinics like shut down at the same time. Like it was really bad. It was like a time that like the infertility community needed like more support than ever. And so in that time, like I was able to sort of figure out like how we wanted to serve people and started bringing in clients and welcoming them and giving them all the biggest virtual hugs Um, and it's been such a blessing Um, and a lot of them are pregnant now and so getting to like watch their babies come into the world like brings me so much joy Um, and so I'm just looking forward to getting to connect with more amazing women like the the women that come into the joyful journey are just like phenomenal humans who have been struck with this really hard season of life and it's like their light has been dulled because of it and so I get to help like reignite it and like bring them back out into the world like and it's just ah it's just the best it's the best ever so anyways I'm really looking forward
0: to that Aww. I'm just looking forward
1: to having I more don't... women I guess it's
0: okay take care of so cute. Oh my god okay <laughs> not crying not cry I mean this is like yesterday's makeup anyway so it wouldn't matter uh, <laughs> see that's so it's so important um I talked to so many coaches and I started this podcast also three weeks before quarantine and just like how many people have like come into things that they're really passionate about and like the lives that you can change and influence when you're doing like your heart-centered soulful mission because you never know even if you literally only helped one other woman through any of this like I guarantee that would be worth it to you like even one like if you can help one person and it's so I, I'm so happy to have you on here, so all my audience can see you, all of the clients that you're gonna help, all of all of the babies who will know you. Like, I sure hope so. So <laughs> many babies, um, and I just think that's so important. Now, I always like to have my guests close out with. If you could give 15, 16 year old you a piece of advice, what would you tell her?
1: Um, literally, what I said earlier, like it's safe to trust yourself. Like always, 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 always. And that is like, I, I literally think like the key to, to happiness and joy and like finding your like passion and purpose in life.
0: And that's so important. And, and it might not, you might not find your passion, your purpose the first go around and it might evolve. And oh, yeah, change. for sure. <laughs> Mine took many iterations. Yeah. Just it like sometimes, like I get comments from like, how did you just know this is what you were going to do? And I'm like, you realize I'm 30, right? Like I've done a lot of other things before I got to what feels good. So don't be afraid to try new and exciting things over the course of it. And, you know, if your passion is like helping people in whatever it is, like lean into that, lean into that and you'll find your way to do it. Um, And I'm just so thankful that you took the time to hang out with me. All of your details will be located in the show notes. If anything has resonated with y'all today, make sure you take a screenshot of this episode, tag us on social media. Our DMs are always open. Share with us, you know, if you're struggling. Let us know if she can help you in any way. She's here for that. If I can help, just you know, virtual hugs. I have all the hug jiffies saved on my phone. I will send you all of them. I will just keep you in just the best wishes because you're not alone, and we're so we're so proud of you for taking the next steps. And if this if you are struggling and this has inspired you to just make that phone call. We're so proud of you. Whether anything else comes from that, like just that first step, like making a decision, like you are an incredible, incredible person. So I just wish the best for all of you. And thank you so much for hanging out with me today.